Hello and thank you for listening to 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for November 2020, sponsored by Dean of the Dead Hot Horror Sources, who, and it's quite important now, it's the end of November, well it will be by the time the show comes out, people doing the Christmas shopping, Tom, Dean of the Dead Sources, I think, would make a, a very nice present under the tree for anybody that's into hot sauces, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, put that on your turkey on Christmas Day morning, oh. or afternoon, whenever you eat your turkey, I don't know. <laughs> put it on your Christmas dinner, I probably would. Oh God, yeah, me too. Any, and yeah, any... I mean that would work really well. You know, you have cranberries and stuff as uh, the fruity. Yeah, now I want to do that. Now <laughs> <laughs> that's Christmas. Yeah. Christmas meal sorted, as it you should get be. A turkey crown, cook it, and just drown it with hot sauce. Oh yeah, take your pick from any of the hot sauces that he does. Uh, in fact, any yeah, any yeah, of the sponsors yeah. of our podcast. There's, there's Dean of the Dead for us. There's, um, of course, there's the bark side for podcast mascot Bodie. If you've got a dog or anybody that, uh, you know, any people that have got a dog, shop with them. Below the Belt Grooming, who sponsor the entertainment shows, you know, support. And again, in this time, it's support the, the smaller businesses as well. It's all good. And they all do great products. So, yeah, but if you like your hot sauce, Dean of the Dead, that's the place to go. As we keep saying, and as we will continue to say, hopefully, mate, next year we'll get to meet him again. Yeah, I mean, I think we might. I yeah. think we might. Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, we were saying just before we started recording, this could well be a shorter show because we're, as people know, if you look at the download dates and everything, we're recording this not too long since the last show went online. So not too much has happened 80s related wise for us to chat about. Um, but I've got, I've got a few things and I think you have too, haven't you, mate? Yeah, one or two. Uh, well, I'm going to start with a surprise, surprise, a bit of Sylvester Stallone news. <laughs> Just to, just to throw people off. Uh, yeah, we talked about Samaritan, the latest film that he made, the one that was, of course, broken up with everything happening in the world this year. Uh, so that's finished. Apparently, mate, it's going to be released in June next year. So, cool. Well, that seems a that seems like it could happen. So yeah, yeah, that'd be Excellent. good. Look yeah. forward to it. Yeah, hopefully we're at the cinema watching that at least twice. A good one to a good one to watch. One which I know I won't be watching at least twice. Uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because it's not even out yet. It's because I fucking hated the first film. He made Sly had put on his Instagram because he is really active on Instagram and uh, he puts lots of videos and photographs on there. He put a video. He was on his way to the set of The Suicide Squad. Now, oh, it's interesting you say this about not hate. Like, hate yeah, I hated the first one, but this looks fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the teaser they brought out at the DC con thing a couple of months ago? I haven't, mate. No, I I'll haven't. send. I'll look for it. And I'll send you a link because that teaser is better than the last film. You've got James Gunn um, directing it, mm -hmm. the guy who should have done the original one anyway. Yeah, like complete. You know, some, keeping a few of the cast, like the good ones, like Margot Robbie, who's probably like the best thing in the original Suicide Squad. Like, there's yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It feels like this is how it should have been. Okay, um, then. Yeah, no, I'll send you it. Looks, it looks really, really good. And yeah, Sylvester Sloan now, Sylvester Sloan doing a cameo. Now, there's a photo, um, I can't remember if it's he posted it or James Gunn posted it, but they're, they're in a bar, aren't they? Yes, yeah. And behind them is the Rocky Free painting. Mm. And it's just like, why is that there? Is that just like a little Easter egg in a film? Yeah. But then I was thinking, as I said to someone, like, there's only one person, one director who's mad enough 
to actually put Rocky Balboa in a DC film, and that's James Gunn. <laughs> Remember, you know, look. I mean, I don't know what the rights are because this is a Warner film, and uh, it's, he's not a Warner property. Uh, Rocky Balboa. But it's like strange things have happened, and that would be amazing. You but... never know. You never know. But when he said he was on the set there, me and Tina uh, just thought oh, we can remember watching the first Suicide Squad. Well, watching part of it and turning it off. One of quite literally a handful of films that we've turned off halfway through. I mean, people listening to this, they know the shit that we sit through all <laughs> enough times. And we just turned Suicide Squad off and thought, Gee, oh, I just cannot sit through this. So, yeah, OK, then you you have got me a little bit more interested. Yeah, in, no, in I'll, I'll, I'll send you that. Um, I'll look for that video they brought out because yeah I was, it's not a trailer like it's like a sort of behind the scene like 90 second two minute behind the scenes thing yeah and it's really good hmm. sticking with slime very promising to, to undo that last one. Oh yeah again i mean there was that what was it suicide squad um off the top of my head speed racer is another one that we turned off part way through um i can't think of the other ones that's they're just instantly forgettable I mean that whole that whole period of DC films where they just rush to Justice League just is better forgotten. I think. Um, yeah, they seem to be getting their act together a bit more now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they're going back to Justice League. Like, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> uh, making it for however many hours long this thing's going to turn out. The thing that there's Snyder cuts like don't make it longer. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, no. But no, they've done a lot. Of, they've done done a lot of good stuff um, and. Oh, yeah, I guess this is 80s related. Wonder Woman 84 is coming out in the UK on December yeah. the 16th. Yeah. As long as the cinemas are open, it's actually coming out on December the 16th. It's coming out in America too, isn't it? On... Yeah, on Christmas Day That's on it. HBO Max yeah. and at cinemas, so you can choose mm. uh, um, how, you know, if your state's in, a, in all right shape, you can go and see it at the cinema if you want, if you're confident to do that. And if not, you can just stay at home and watch it with your family on Christmas Day. Yeah. But the UK is getting it over a week early, and like internationally, it's just coming out on the sixteenth. Bloody hell! I'm just like I was not expecting that film this year. Like, not me neither. I think it got to the point where it just got bumped so many times because I think this would have been the third or fourth bump if it got moved again. Yeah, it was just like let's just put it out. And Warners don't seem to be, you know, like. They seem to want to put film like they put Tenet in cinemas. Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah, so they're, they're not they're supporting cinema at least, aren't they? Yeah, they don't. I've all oh no, I've, everyone else is like bumping it. Disney are a bit shitty with like Mulan, and that was a massive disaster for them. So, <laughs> um, and like Soul is going on um, Disney Plus on Christmas Day, but Warner seemed to be like trying. I mean, to an extent. I mean, I know they bumped Dune, but actually having Wonder Woman in the cinemas and just being like no. Hopefully, I'll see it in the cinema and a eighties yeah. set. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, let's try and get as much as we can back to normal. Obviously, we like going to the cinema and watching films. So yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's what's something to definitely miss. Um, I've got. I've only got. Well, actually, I've got two more things. One, one. I'll stick with Sly because we talked about in the last episode the Mortal Kombat Eleven game and mm. Rambo being in it. Well, since we last recorded, another video was released, and it's called Rambo vs. Terminator, Round oh, 1. And it is Sly as Rambo and Arnie as the Terminator having the most awesome fight. Oh, my God. This is a video that's well worth watching. 
Uh, and it, you know, Rambo's got all his classic weapons, of, which we talked about before. You know, the uh, the bow and, bow and arrow with the grenade-tipped arrow and the, the knife and uh, Terminator's, you know, got all the guns and everything. It is, obviously, it's really violent because it's Mortal Kombat. But to see Rambo fighting Terminator in the most over-the-top, gory way is just fucking awesome. I, I yeah. watched this... Uh, this video on repeat for probably far too long for what is healthy to watch a short video it's just amazing and uh, as i said before i don't like fighting games but purely because of this just just i'd love us to be sat together mate and be playing you know as me as rambo you've to terminate and just laughing our asses off playing this <laughs> yeah. be, uh, which i'm sure will happen um Definitely. in the not too distant future so uh yeah that's something for us to look forward to definitely but i'm yeah i'm really keen for this game <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah everybody listening if you haven't seen that video please go and watch it because it is fantastic and most definitely 80s related uh, i've only got one more thing left mate and this is oh, something yeah. that we touched on before again before we started recording uh regular piece that's unfortunately going to return but i'll hand it over to you first okay well I, as i say i haven't got um but like there's there's two things one's gone lost to time unfortunately <laughs> maybe next month I remember well, what you, it is. You, you're very close to being another year older, mate. And they, you know, oh, these yeah, things happen. Exactly. Get, get yeah. used to it. Just as age approaches, it's yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's not a huge thing, but I was just, I was just thinking, watching it the other night, I was just like, oh, this is this show that I'm watching has now moved into the 1980s and is uh, quite good. I've been watching The Crown. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're um, we've plunged into the 80s now. I don't know, like. A lot of people seem surprised when um, I say I watch it, but I, I have you did you have you ever watched it? No, I haven't watched it. Tina does. Tina's watched them all from the beginning. Yeah, I I went for it because John Lithgow was playing Winston Churchill in the first season or two, and I was just like, well, I love John Lithgow, so yeah. got to see him as Churchill, and then I sort of got into it. I'm not like a royal family fan or royalist or anything, but like. It's good. It's good. It doesn't paint him in the most positive light most of the time. <laughs> As he might write a bunch of dickheads. But um but yeah, the eighties stuff's quite interesting. All the um Falklands and the IRA. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Gillian Anderson playing Margaret Thatcher. Literally like I've seen a photograph of her and she does look really good. Wait, God, you should see her speak. I shuddered. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Old God. sweats. <laughs> Hear that voice again. <laughs> but no, she's really good. No, it's a, like a, yeah, like, even if you don't think it's your sort of thing, and my God, like, this is the first season since I've got a 4K telly that. Oh, wow. Uh, holy shit, it looks good. There was an episode that was um, about Charles and Diana's trip to Australia and just like the long shots of crowds and stuff. It's just like, fucking hell. Yeah, makes a difference, doesn't it? Oh, I remembered the other thing, and it's surprising because it's also Netflix-related, <laughs> and it's only just come out. Ooh. New season of Stranger Things yes. has added a new cast member. I don't know if you've even seen this. I haven't, no. Go on, who is it? Robert England. Bloody hell. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him like, in anything for ages. Yeah, obviously, excellent 80s-related choice. Let me just call up the uh, um, description of his character. He's a baddie. Is it going to say he wears a glove with knives on the end and a stripy <laughs> jumper? And... <laughs> Robert England will play Victor Creel, 
a disturbed and intimidating man who was imprisoned in a psychiatric hospital for a gruesome murder in the 50s. Okay. So, yeah, Bob England. That's, a, that's an excellent. Oh, yeah. Lovely chap. So, um, yeah, good news. Yeah, really happy to uh, see him in something as high profile as this. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, I guess have, have they started filming? Is the news of they've not started um, filming? Yeah, yet? they were filming before um, all of this, in air quotes, but like generally. Netflix stuff is filming at the moment, like the Rocks, uh, Rock and Roll and Reynolds uh, film. They've just wrapped that. That's been filming throughout. So generally, yeah, I think what what they can, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I should also mention, and a little tangent, and a final thing. Turns out three things. Um, <laughs> I just watched the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, you haven't started that yet. Um, and uh, this episode, episode what, three or four... Uh, the newest episode that was out on the 20th of November anyway he's not only in it as you know um, he's in it but Carl Weathers directs this episode oh my god <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's, yeah it's a good episode as well um, it's a lot of fun but obviously I really enjoyed this season so far yeah we enjoyed uh, season one uh, as you know mate I can only do one TV series at a time and we're part way through the I think it's series three of star trek discovery we're watching that which is a lot better than the previous um series was and then going to move on to the mandalorian because we no, both really we'll, enjoyed we'll, the first series of it thought it was great yeah it'll probably be all uh you'll probably be uh you'll have all 10 episodes by then so yeah more than likely yeah and then but uh, no it's um I'm, someone has burnt out on star wars as me and just finding all incredibly samey all the films yeah um yeah, this it, it's just like, the Western feel of it really, really starts to uh, come through in this season. And it's, yeah, okay. it's just different. And like uh, I was saying about The Crown, looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see the difference in, like say, especially TV shows that you've been watching yeah, like, before got you got the TV. TV. Yeah. yeah, like I got the TV in, I think, May-ish. And like every, obviously, like every new season starting, I'm just like, oh, this is the first season of this that I've seen in HD. Holy, not in HD, in 4K. Like, oh my fucking God. It's good. It's good. Nice, nice. So, yeah, I had three things in the end, all sort of TV show related. Mm. Uh, well, to finish off, we said this would be shorter anyway, but to finish this first section off before we get on to the two films for this episode, this section I thought wasn't going to appear. In this episode, mate, and then just mere days before we record, uh, it unfortunately happened. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> Somebody who I'm thinking would be more relevant to me, just purely for the age difference between us, because I grew up watching him even from the 70s. Uh, but he had a massive TV show during the 80s. Well, it began in 77, didn't finish till 2000, no, t- in 2002. Des O'Connor. Des O'Connor. Yeah. The Des O'Connor Tonight Show during the 80s was amazing. Chat show for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, he had great guests. And Des O'Connor was one of those all-round entertainers who was always really funny uh, always came across as a really nice guy. wasn't afraid to take the piss out of himself, especially when he was on the TV with Morecambe and Wise, uh, yeah. who constantly took the piss out of him for his singing and said how bad he was and having far too many albums out. But his chat show, like I say, Des O'Connor tonight, was it was one of those chat shows during the eighties, which was 
essential viewing because it was just funny and had great guests on it and he just always joked with them um yeah and i think it was like about five or six days before we recorded um he died it's always sad yeah. you know it's, it's somebody else from growing up who used to watch on the tv all the time yeah i used to um yeah. i used to watch I, I vaguely remember the chat show stuff but um I, my, my memory was take your pick yeah Oh god! Yeah, yeah. That, that was into the nineties. So that's more yeah. my that's well, I could remember stuff. But uh, yeah, I remember him on that that show. But uh, he was uh, he was eighty eight, and again, all the celebrities uh, that knew him and worked with him had nothing but good things to say, and that's how he always came across as a really nice guy. So thankfully, mate, only one person in this part of this episode. Hopefully, there's none when we record the December show because it's going to be another short gap between uh, this episode and next one because we're closing up every we close everything down on the 20th of december till the 5th of january so we'll, yeah we'll get it recorded and the december show out before then so yeah another short gap hopefully i won't have to press the grim reaper button as it's called on my little soundboard <laughs> <laughs> uh with that then we shall uh, take a short break while you listen to the trailer for Tom's first time watch pick. The field of honor, a knight's courage is put to the test. Miles O'Keefe is Sir Gawain, the greatest knight of all. His strength equaled by none. Sir Gawain's power is supreme until now. Sean Connery is the mysterious green knight. All I seek is good sport. <laughs> Trevor Howard is the king. I shall have some proof tonight that knightliness still lives within these walls. My liege, give me the axe. I give you a year's grace to grow your beard. Sean Connery throws down the gauntlet of challenge. Sir Gawain accepts and sets out on a dangerous adventure, marked by combat and the promise of death. Only his courage as a knight can save him. Cyrielle Claire is the beautiful woman. Gawain, help! Help! Uh. I've always loved you. Ronald Lacey is the evil Oswald. She's mine. His lust for wealth and power is surpassed only by his brutality. His fiery passions engulf all. Peter Cushing is the cunning seneschal. Are you bold enough? John Riz Davies is the Baron Fortinbras. Lee Lawson is Humphrey, loyal only to Sir Gawain. You're not playing my game, Gawain. You have a ring, and it does not belong to you. Fighting the forces of magic and sorcery, Sir Gawain is faced with unearthly dangers. He is challenged by all, defeated by none. A remarkable man. Fighting the treachery around him. Leave the wretch to his miserable end. Always courageous. Forward into battle! Always victorious. Tomorrow I ride out to meet the Green Knight. The ultimate challenge awaits him. We have an appointment at the Green Chapel before the sun goes down. You've had your cut. The game is over. I make the rules, boy. I make the rules. Sean Connery and 
and Miles O'Keefe in Sword of the Valiant, an epic tale of a legendary knight, a knight called Sir Gawain. That was a lot, wasn't it? That was almost the full movie. Do we need to say anything? I think, <laughs> yeah. I think the rater then just explained the full film. We can just move on to my rewatch pick, I think. <laughs> yeah, we've been made redundant by uh, the trailer for Sword of a Valiant, the Legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. <laughs> that, was, that was a long ass trailer. What wow. a mouthful. Yes. What a, what a, yeah, what a title. So, Sword of a Valiant, the Legend of Gawain and the Green Knight <laughs> was released in 1984 by Canon, which Yay. makes this a film by Canon, released by Canon that we'd never seen. Unbelievable, mate. Absolutely and, unbelievable. And a proper Canon release, because obviously it's Globus Golan producing it, so yeah. it's not like a distribution deal. It's is a proper 100% Canon film that we hadn't seen. And um, should preface this by thanking Yully, the pal Yully, who, um, after Sean Connery sadly passed away, obviously went deep delving on YouTube for trailers and videos of Connery and uh, came across this and sent it to me. And it was, it was it was only fitting when I asked you if you'd seen it. When you haven't seen it. Crazy. That's how rare it is. And you were excited because um, obviously it's a film with Sean Connery and you hadn't seen. Yep. But more importantly, it was a film with Peter Cushing and you hadn't seen. Oh, mate, it, it blew my mind how... How has this passed me by? Like you said, it's a canon film, which is our bread and butter all all the time. Sean Connery, but a Peter Cushing film. Well, that's that's stretching it. A film that Peter Cushing is in (laughs) (laughs) is, uh, yeah, uh, to be in 2020 and it's a first time watch with something with him in was awesome, mate. Yeah, always happy to see Peter Cushing on screen. Excellent, yeah. So it's got a cast. It's got a hell of a cast. Um, Miles O'Keefe is Sir Gawain, who uh, boasts a haircut that defies, like, I can't describe this haircut in an audio podcast. I don't think it's possible. It's He reminded me of... A dickhead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely that. But just looking at him, he was like an, an effeminate he-man, is what he reminded me of. A sort of bouffanted, slightly camp he-man. Uh, yeah yeah that's what he looks like it's a hair helmet uh, (laughs) it it doesn't do it justice yeah he didn't need to wear sort of a knight's helmet at all it looked like his hair would have definitely there are points where he puts a helmet on and i'm like i'm just like there's no way (laughs) you've got all of that into that helmet (laughs) so it's clearly a wig definitely what the hell like and then to put a helmet on and act as if you've squeezed or like you would die you'd suffocate in your own hair (laughs) If you had to have that haircut and then put it all in a helmet, it'll all end up in your mouth and up your nose. Oh, it's what way to go? Tragic. Anyway, um, Sean Connery is the Green Knight, as mentioned in the title, mm. Sword of a Valiant, the Legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Uh, Trevor Howard is King Arthur. Peter Cushing is uh, Seneschal Gaspar. Uh, Ronald Lacey is Oswald. John Rhys Davis uh, is Baron Fortinbras. Like, even if you didn't overcast, you'd get about 20 minutes into this and you'd be like, yeah, John Reese davis is going to show up at some point. Yeah. This is just the sort of thing he does. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll be along. <laughs> and you see, you do see so many people turning up and you're going, oh my God, look who it is. Oh, look who yeah. it is. Even in small parts. I mean, 
for me, star of the film, even though he's only in it for like one minute, is Wilfred Bramble. Oh, yeah, a fucking old man Steptoe shows up. <laughs> old man Steptoe's in it, doing more or less old man Steptoe. Some yeah, of the... it, was, it was his last performance as well. Oh, apparently. wow. Some of the, even just his facial expressions just add me in stitches. He is, he's brilliant. And it was so good to see him on screen as well. It was, yeah, it's, it's a cast. It's like the sort of cast, you know, you would get a big cast for this sort of thing. Oh, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Connery's not in it a lot. He's in it at the start. He's in it in enough, the mate, to make Tina go very weak at the knees. And she has, he, in, she has insisted that I tell everybody that she has never seen him look as sexy or, or most men look as sexy. Now, I thought he'd got an outrageous outfit in um, Zardoz, where he wears that sort of red leather thing that barely covers anything. He, I mean, trying to explain what he wears in this, <laughs> he looks he looks like he, he could have come out of, I don't know, some weird and wonderful 80s glam rock band that was doing music about medieval times. It's almost in competition with Man of War, whereas they went for loincloths and everything. His band have gone for, like, armour. Um, but Tina said, yeah, I have to say that. And she wasn't sure if it was the exposed belly that did it for her or his codpiece. Um, yeah. He did look really cool, though, I thought. Well, that's one word for it. But, yeah, it was very shiny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I watched Zardoz quite recently as well in the last week or so. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what the daftest costume is. <laughs> <laughs> like you think you like you'd think Zardos because Dard, Zardos is so ridiculous and so mad. Yeah. Whereas this is you know the plot in <sighs> so <laughs> fuck's sake the plot in <laughs> Sword of a Valiant, the Legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight <laughs> is a bit more linear. Yeah, although I do. I mean, anything's more linear compared to Zardos. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I I think I need to point out though that just as a caveat while we're talking about this, when we Talk watched it last night, I was once again suffering from a terrible bout of insomnia and had about, about I think I'd had about six hours sleep in the previous seventy two, and it's it's a pretty bonkers film at times anyway. This is and mm. as it was going on, I'm I was I was losing the track of like what the fuck is supposed to be happening. It got. It hooked me from the beginning. I loved the beginning of it. And so it's set, like you said, in medieval times. And there's this feast going on and there's the king and all of the knights. And in rides, yeah, rides on his horse is the green knight. Uh, and then puts down this um, challenge to the knights. And, and he, the green knight gets his chopper out who uh, and says, uh, what is it? The challenge is something like, um, you you swing this at me. And try and chop my head off, and then once you've done that, um, if I survive, I can swing the, the the big blade at you. Nobody wants to do it apart from uh, Gawain, and but, well, spoiler, but come on, it's nearly forty years old. Uh, Gawain chops the the Green Knight's head off, which I was not expecting. Matt, I was I thought, oh, what, what's going to happen? Is it going to bounce off his neck? Is he, you know, is he? You just can't hurt him, or is he going to? Is he going to freeze him? I was not expecting Sean Connery's head to go rolling down the middle <laughs> of this hallway, uh, which and I was hooked from then. I thought, what a great, what a great start to it, uh, and then it it all goes just a bit fucking crazy, mate, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think it was a letterboxed review um, said that the the head, the uh, decapitated head of the Green Knight, Sean Connery looked like Burger King. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd, I'd love to know where it is now. Has anybody still got it? That would be great. I'd love to know that. It looked pretty manky-like then. So yeah, yeah. God knows what state it's in now, these years later. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, the challenge is laid down. Come back in a year and have another go. Yeah, solve a riddle. Solve this four-line yes. four, um, riddle, says the Green Knight to Gawain. And and that's what... He, I mean, that's the gist of the film, isn't it? He has to meet the Green Knight in a year from then with the answer to this riddle, um, or else he's, the, the Green Knight's going to kill him. Yeah. And then, then Gawain goes off on his adventures and meets all sorts of people. Yeah, like the, most of these sort of films, you know... You know that you know you just go off and you meet one sort of character after another. Um, Sean Connery's like the best thing in it. Yeah, yeah. He really lights up the film when he's on screen. Like the film is better when he's in it. It is, yeah, uh, yeah. I wish he was in it more. I guess they only had him for so long to film. Uh, maybe costs were something to do with that that he could afford to have him for so long. Uh, so he's a, he's a definitely a plus side to it. A negative side to it is the music. The music got on my tits. It was loud and really, oh, just grating at times with the music. Thankfully, the stuff that was happening on screen was <laughs> enough to keep me invested because uh, oftentimes it was unintentionally hilarious with what was going on uh, and, what oh, was, God, yeah. and what was being said. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those... It's a canon film. I mean, you only need to say that and you already know a lot of what you're going to get, don't you, with a canon yeah. film. Like I think I said to you, this is exactly what I expected from yeah. a sort of fantasy canon movie. Yeah, they 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 aim high, don't they? Canon always <laughs> aim high, but then don't don't always hit the mark with, it, with what they aim to do with it. That That is true. Now, I've got a question about the cast here. So Ronald Lacey played Oswald. Ronald Lacey, you may remember from Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. the evil Nazi. Yeah. In the hat and the glasses. So you remember him from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can picture him in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And he's... So, in like, unfortunately, he died in 1991. He was only 55. So in this, it was about the same time as Raiders. Yeah. Well, you know, a few years later. So he would have been about 50, let's say. Yeah. He plays the son, the son of John Rhys Davis' character. <laughs> John Rhys Davis, also in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, he was born in 1944, so, I mean, he was 40 when this film was made. So his son is older than him. Like, I didn't know the exact numbers. I was just like, they could be about the same age. John Rhys Davis could be so. Yeah, basically, um, the son, yeah, the actor playing the son, is ten years older. But it's just like you don't even need to know that information. Be like these guys are the same age. That's it. They do. do because what? like I re- like I recognise because I just watched Raiders. I've been watching Indiana Jones films back. Um, good comfort films to watch, except the second one. Um, and I like obviously I recognised him because it'd been quite recently. And then John Reese Davis, and I'm just like, oh yeah, two of them from Raiders. And then I was just like, wait a minute, what's this? Is it? It's like, it's my son. 
Yeah, it's weird, a bit of weird casting, definitely. Uh, but it's a magical kingdom. It, it all happens there. Yeah, fantasy. It's all magic fantasy. going on. You don't, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, apart from one thing you do know that's going to happen next is you know that every time somebody pulls out a sword to have a sword fight and puts it near somebody's face or body or anywhere, it's going to bend like mad. That's when they pull out the rubber swords. <laughs> the amount of time. Have a shot every time you see a sword wobble. That's a good drinking game for this one because there's a lot of wobbly <laughs> rubber swords in it. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the fighting's all right. There's some good action in it. I thought. Yeah, it was it was fine. Mm, the effects well, obviously was. are ropey. Visual effects are a bit ropey, but again, canon film. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's exactly that sort of goes in with what I was saying. This is exactly what you'd expect from a canon film. Mm. Were there times? I mean, obviously you were more awake when you watched it, mate. Were there times <laughs> when you thought, "What the fuck's going on"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thankfully. I'm glad you Again, said that. It's a canon film. Yeah. It's the 80s. It's a fantasy. You know, it's not going to be that straightforward. <laughs> no. Um, and it's... it's um, what, did, what, what did you think of Peter Cushing? You, you know, you're excited to see... Yeah. What did you think of his performance it, and his character? He's always good. I always watch out for... Um, because I read many, many years ago his autobiography. It was the, it was the first book that made me cry his autobiography oh, wow. yeah when it's when he talks about his what he loved his wife so much and uh his wife died if i remember rightly in the very early 70s and uh, when he was writing about that and how much she meant to him how much he loved her uh and, and how it hit him so hard uh, when she died it was like I, it did it was the first book that like made me cry. i've only cried to two books and that was the first one and uh, yeah. one of the things he explains in it is that when he's in a film, one of his little uh, tips and tricks to get more, not necessarily more screen time, but more attention when he is on screen, is his use of props. And you'll see, you'll see it through the Hammer films, and all, you know, all the films that he's in. And even if it's like a pen or, or anything at all, he'll use some, some small prop uh, in such a way that the camera has to stay on him that little bit longer because he'll do something with it. So I was watching out for that, and unfortunately he didn't really have any props to play with but he was still he still oozed class the way that he delivered his lines and he's, he's just one of those actors that i could watch in anything so yeah, yeah like i said because i haven't seen this before to see a new peter cushing performance that i mean that made it for me anyway with you know on top of that amazing minute of wilfred bramble and and seeing sean connery as he was and all the other bonkers stuff that was going on uh, yeah, Peter Cushing was... I don't think I've ever seen a bad Peter Cushing performance. I've seen some ropey films no. that he's in, but as far as his performances go, he, you know, he always gives gives everything. So, yeah, it was, it was really good to see him. Obviously, you know, he's a lot older. We're into the 80s now. Um, and he, he, st he actually, he looked healthier. It looked like he'd put some more weight on because when his wife died, he, he lost so much weight. He went almost skeletal. So it looked like he'd, he'd put some weight on, looked a little bit healthier, older, obviously, but he could still bloody act, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. that was good, mate. I'm glad you liked it. Mm. Um, even things like, you know, saying about actors that turn up, uh, David Rappaport turns up. and you go, Yeah, oh, of course he does, yeah. Look, look who is. And there was, oh, there was somebody else. Oh, there was two because Tina said, oh, from Time Bandits, there were two characters from Time Bandits. 
Uh, and it's like that. Like I said before, you're watching it and you're going, oh, look, it's him. It's her. Oh, look. Because uh, I wasn't, again, I keep bringing Wilfred Bramble up. I, I had no idea he was in it. And he come and that looks like old man Steptoe. And then when he started talking and just moved his face, it was like, Shh. yes, this this scene's going to be gold. And it, and it was. <laughs> so, yeah, lots lots of nice little nuggets all, all the way through that made me smile and was like, yes, look at that. That was, uh, yeah, otherwise, which I would have otherwise missed, mate, if you hadn't have brought this film up. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's interesting, like, uh, it's not even, I think the campaign for it to come out on Blu-ray must begin here. Yeah, yeah, I think it should do, actually. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. With, I don't know what extras they could put on it. <laughs> but it would be good to see it. Uh, yeah, Blu-ray release. So, although I'm just thinking of this terrible music in surround sound, would uh, yeah, I might have to watch it in mono. But yeah, pitch-wise, would be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, I think the odds of us seeing it on Blu-ray, though, mate, are slim to bugger all, though, aren't they? I mean, there's been weirder stuff that's come out. Yeah, yeah, you never know. I don't know who's got the rights to it, um, but. Yeah, it w- it would be an interesting one. You know, there could be some interesting now that you know Sean Connery's died and they're, they're trawling through the Sean Connery, uh, all of his work and going, oh, this is, this has never had a release. So, although I don't know how many Sean Connery fans would like to watch this one. Well, you know, mm. most of them haven't seen it. If we've not seen it, yeah, and it's not been it's never been released over here, like on DVD or anything. So. Mm. Yeah, if, if anybody's not seen it, um, there's a lot to like about it, and there's a and there's a lot not to like about it. It's one of those again. It's canon. You just keep coming. It's the same with every bloody canon film, more or less. You go, oh yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh my god, that shit. And it, it's, they just have this habit of of doing that constantly, but also of the habit of making films that you watch because it's a canon film. They've got yeah. that, that magic formula, don't they? They, 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 yeah, it doesn't always hit, like you say, mm. but uh, this one hit enough. Yeah, and I think uh, off the top of my head, I think we both gave it the same star rating on Letterbox too. Yeah, I go, yeah, three stars. Three stars, yeah, I give it three yeah. too. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's a, that's a good score. <laughs> really, I think that's a good, it's it's a good, well, you know, we, we're in this section, was was it was it worth watching for that first time? I Definitely, I'm so glad yeah, that I'm so glad that Yuli found it and that you picked it um, for all the reasons that I've mentioned before. Uh, and I, I could see me watching it again at, at some point to see if I can make more sense of the middle section. Where my oh, I definitely was... watch it again, especially if someone put it out on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, it would be so Ooh. good because uh, watched it. It was like four-three picture, um, yeah, grainy. Because uh, it begins, of course, it begins in widescreen to fit in all of the titles and everything. And as soon as the titles finish, it cuts to four three, and yeah. so a lot of the picture is is being cut off. And it was grainy, and maybe the sound quality as well. I got something to do with me saying about the you know the score was a bit ooh grating. Yeah, good clear widescreen Blu-ray release, nice crisp uh, surround sound score. Uh, you'd be good. I'd have to I'd have to give Tina a few towels to sit on though if she saw if she saw Sean Connery dressed like that all in 
high definition, she she might faint and get a bit even more flustered this time. So, yeah, that that could be a, that could be a warning. I'd have to prepare Tina for, for seeing Sean Connery like that. She'd see his codpiece a lot clearer. So, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that that would be it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've said about Ella Can on this one, mate. It was um, it was enjoyable, uh, frustrating at times, weird, wonderful. Uh, had bits in it that I most definitely won't forget and has enough going for it that I'd want to revisit it and and watch again. Yep, couldn't agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, and if you've watched it, listeners, uh, please send us an email. Let us know what you thought about it. We'll read yeah, it out but, on, the, on the December uh, show. Where did you watch it? I mean, if you watched yeah. it back when it came out, especially. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, if anybody watched it way back when, that'd be fantastic to hear. Yeah, if they remember it, maybe, I don't know if it came out in the UK on VHS or, I mean, I mean obviously it had some... Um, I imagine it did in America, but yeah, if it anything like that, yeah, or if it was talking about it, it's made you want to watch it, and you do watch it. Uh, when you finished, send us an email again, let us know, and we'll read it out about what you think about it, see if it agrees with us, and we'll have an answer about it then. Uh, until then, let's move on to my rewatch pick. <laughs> Place to be. <laughs> I can't be. We were close once. We started this whole expendables thing together, but we had a falling out. What are you gonna do? Reload. Welcome to the 21st century. I could do that. Want to slip on a dress and give it a shot? <laughs> this is it. This is your team. Short notice. Yeah, very short. Yes, my rewatch pick is The Expendables 3, released in 2014. Six years ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, currently a 6.1 on IMDb, where the synopsis is Barney augments his team with new blood for a personal battle to take down Conrad Stonebanks, The Expendables co-founder and notorious arms trader 
who is hell-bent on wiping out Barney and every single one of his associates. Now, if you listen to the last show, you'll know that this, until I rewatched it, was the only Sylvester Stallone film that I'd seen once. You would have also have heard of how I was sat in the cinema watching it and wanted to walk out because I was so fucking pissed off with it and annoyed. Am I as pissed off on rewatching it? Well, I'll begin by saying, mate, I enjoyed it more on a second viewing than I did that first time in the cinema. That, that's as a starting point right there. Uh, things I noticed about it, the, the young group of new Expendables uh, were not in it as much as I remember. The old guys were in it a bit more than I remember. So that's a good point as well. Um, I don't think there's any more good points. But <laughs> I will quickly point out a couple of things from the trailer that we just heard. One, it's good, another 80s uh, reference in the trailer. The music uh, that you might have heard in the background was Billy Squire, The Stroke, which was the f he was the first person I ever saw live back in 1981 when he was the support to Whitesnake on their nice. Come and Get It tour. He was, so he, he was the first person I ever saw live. Deside Leisure Centre, 1981. So that, oh. that was good. Also, you'd have heard in the trailer as well, you'd have heard Harrison Ford for Yes, he is in the film. Uh, he, there's a little line he said about short notice and Harrison Ford says, yes, short notice. That is a little inside joke because Bruce Willis was due to return for this film uh, for four days filming and he was offered $3 million to film for four days wasn't enough for him. He wanted $4 million. He wanted a million dollars a day. Uh, Sly and the producer said no. So he wasn't in it. And at very short notice, Harrison Ford took over. Not the same role, but um, his character does explain about uh, Bruce Willis being missing. So that's a nice little thing as well that's in the film. Just another little in-joke nod of which there, there were quite a few in this. So yeah, the old gang's back together, which is what we like to see. What we don't like to see is them neutered beyond belief when the whole idea of the Expendables, for me at least, as Sly said this himself, was getting, you know, all the old action stars together and people you want to see, all the old, just the old guard from, from the 80s and kicking ass again, which they did in one and in two as well. Uh, in this, ah... Oh, who who's the audience for this film, mate? Because you right if you if you're aiming for people like me who grew up watching them, people like you, you, you know, you born at the you know the beginning of the eighties as well. You've grown up through the eighties. You love all eighties action films and everything, and you you just like you want eighties fucking action. You don't want to neuter it whatsoever, or is it for the? The younger audience, so you put in these younger actors and put them in. There's a new lot of expendables, and I'm gonna go and oh, I don't give a fuck about you. But the younger audience are gonna go. Well, not only do I not give a fuck about the old guys, who are they? They're not gonna be interested in the new ones either. It's sort of, it's neither. What is it? What's what's the? Oh, I'm trying to think of the, of the saying. Is it? It's neither feast nor famine. It's it's not one thing or the other. You're alienating yeah. both sets of fans, right. aren't you? Who's who's this for, mate? Please tell yeah, me. So like I guess uh thing well let's bring in some new blood and get the younger audience in. The younger audience who have not seen the first two films. Yeah. They're instantly not gonna um 
care or go because it would require them watching another two films which doesn't have any young people in it <laughs> except for um, uh, Liam Hemsworth from the second one who's in it for a cup of coffee. Um, and also, who are these people except for Ronda Rousey? Who the fuck are these exactly. lot? Like, I have not seen any of them in anything, to my knowledge, consciously since The Expendables, except Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Same here, mate. And, and because of that, I'm watching it, and I've got no connection with them, and I'm going, don't give a fuck what happens to you. It's just like, oh, 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 you're young people. Here's young people. You can't just put young people in there. You've got to, like, they've got to have a, you know, like, if you're going to do this, they've got to have a fan base. Yeah. They've got to be, like, oh, I don't know, like, get, like, fucking... I don't, I'm just going to say completely out of touch. Forget someone like Miley Cyrus or something. <laughs> Someone's got a fucking built-in fan base. He's got a big following. Oh, um, I don't know. If, you know that was someone, who, but you know someone like a yeah, pop star. You want to get just in male or female? <laughs> like someone like that has got a built-in fan base, or you know, like they didn't even have to act that well. Look at the, you know, it's a fucking expendable film. It's yeah. not a necessity, but just get people who have a fan base, bring will bring in a fan base, who will go and see Expendables 3. They don't care if there's another two films. They'll go and see it because Blank's in it. There's not going to be a lot of people going to see it because, well, this guy who can climb up a cliff's in it, you know, like, um, you know, like Ronda Rousey would probably, again, like, because she's the only sort of name yeah. in all of that. Yeah. Like, she'd probably bring in a few people because of, you know, being fans of her at that point because of the MMA. She hadn't done WWE at that point, but that's about it. So just casting unknowns. Yeah. And then lowering, lowering the rating, though, as well, on top of that, lowering the rating, just cutting out the, you know, the, the blood and guts and gore in an attempt to think, oh, oh, because of this and the lower rating, we can get more bums on seats. It gives access to the younger audience to come in. And yeah. like you said, mate, the younger audience, who doesn't give a fuck about watching anyway? Young people, like, don't want to, like, they don't want to see a Sylvester Stallone film. It doesn't matter if they can. <laughs> it wasn't like with Expendables 2 like, there wasn't like a load yeah. of like teenagers being like oh but I love to have seen Sylvester Stallone and Jean-Claude Van Damme have a fight but it was an R rating so he couldn't go they don't give a shit about <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and Jean-Claude Van Damme having a fight That's so it. lowering the rating does nothing it I mean, does nothing ultimately I don't care I found myself not really caring about the lack of blood and guts I thought the action was fine um, didn't like I didn't care that there wasn't blood flying everywhere, so which surprised me. I didn't actually mind. Wow. But this idea that young people will instantly go and see something because they can, regardless of what it is. <laughs> and then we're doing that, so you've not got the young people going, and then you've got me who will go always, at least twice, uh, at least twice to see a Sylvester Stallone movie at the cinema is sat there on my first viewing going, fucking hell, this is awful. How I'm, many I'm just, times did oh. we go and see Expendables 2 oh, between us? Ex ex I, went, I was eight or nine myself. Oh, I, I don't know. I wasn't. I think you watched it more than me, but I wasn't that far behind. I watched it a, tw definitely twice, at least twice on the opening night, on the opening day. Yeah. I saw it in the afternoon, I saw it in the evening. I think it was just twice. And then I think and then like if it wasn't three times, it would be the third time the next day. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of this, gratuitous plug time, by the time people are listening to this, my show with Simon West, the director of Expendables 2, will already be out. We talk about his new film, Skyfire, but of course I can't have, even though he was only on, I'd got 15 minutes with him, I had to have a little chat about Expendables 2. Uh, and one question I do ask him, Tom, 
and I'll tell you the answer to it off air. People are going to, well, hopefully people would have listened to the Simon West interview by now. Uh, I did say to him, because he's similar age to me, I think he's like four years older than me. So I say we grew up with the same pop culture references and everything and, and watching him. So I asked him, I said, if you could have picked anybody, if you had free reign and you could add one more person to the Expendables 2, who would be, you know, your your dream cast member to add into that? And uh, he tells me that. I'll tell you off air, mate. But it was it was awesome. I'm going to say uh, his answer got me very excited because it would have been my answer too, and, and it is my favourite Expendables one too because of all that stuff going on. I am so surprised, mate, that you said about the um, with you know like the blood and so on because normally CG blood gets me wound up anyway. There isn't even CG blood in this. It's like <laughs> Maybe ev- that's why because every CG blood no. in. <laughs> the CG blood in, especially the first Expendables, was ropey as fuck in places. So maybe it was just like that was why I just, but I just didn't really find myself caring about it that much. The main problem was the main problem I have with the film is like I think there's actually a lot to like about this film. I like Wesley Snipes. This was his first film back after the tax tax evasion, which they do um, make a joke about as well, don't they? Yeah, and like at the time, we were like, yeah, because he was good in it. I like Wesley Snipes in this. He's charisma, is. you know, still dripping charisma. Yeah. I was like, yeah, here's a comeback. And like, apart from Dolomite is my name, I haven't really seen him in much since. No, that's a crying shame. I love Wesley he's Snipes. In, um, I know he's in Coming to America, which is something else I should have mentioned in my things that's coming in March now on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Coming to America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the time, I think a lot of people thought like this would be. Snipes is back. It should have been, Matt. Because I recently rewatched Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh my God, he's the star of that. He's fucking amazing in it, and he's yeah. am- he's amazing in this. And, yeah, he's really good in this. Oh, but he's criminally underused in it. It's like fuck those youngsters off, and let's have yeah, more Snipes exactly. in you bring it. Bringing Snipes, you've got you bring in the Snipes, and you've got Harrison Ford, and yeah. and I know this is a very divisive character, but you've got Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Um, Gibson, so, give so me more Mel so Gibson too. Yeah, you got Mel Gibson. So what you've got is one of the Expendables, uh, Terry Crews, Caesar's taken out at the start, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you know you think it's going to be a straightforward revenge film, and then it's it's and that's what it should have been. It should have been like that happened, and then maybe a little later in the film that happened, and then all the film should have just been shorter. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then you know they get some more people and get revenge. I mean, they could have had, they could have if had broke. Don't fix it. You yeah, don't need more of the old guard brought into it. Yeah. Like, and they didn't need to bring any extra people than they already had. As I say, it has in Ford, they had Antonio Banderas, had Wesley Snipes, they had Arnie back in it. Like, yeah. like Jet Lee was in it. Not much. I mean, I guess I couldn't use it much, but, um, just do that. Like there hadn't been a film like, there hadn't been an Expendables film where one of them had been taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, maybe even kill Terry Crews' character off and, you know, it'd be a proper, you know, revenge. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. But instead, this this is a bit that got me like, I I think the rest of the film is fine, but this intern, interminable bit where fucking Frasier Crane shows up. Why Frasier? Oh, yeah, oh, the, no, big, was, <laughs> the big 80s action <laughs> hero. Done. Who made his debut in Cheers in the 80s. He was always sat at the bar in Cheers with an AK-47 and a shitload yeah. of hand grenades. Jesus. I'm listening. 
So yeah, Fra- they've got fucking Kelsey Grammer. Frasier, he's like most known for being Frasier. <laughs> the neurotic radio DJ or, you know, psychiatrist in Cheers. And you've got him trotting Barney around, showing him all the new blood, who are just the most boring, vanilla... Like again, like Rousey's Ronda Rousey's all right in it, but yeah. the rest of them are just like charisma deserts. It's like <laughs> nothing. It's just like oh, here's some plain, boring up people, and it's just this huge chunk of a film. Oh yeah, that includes right. their first mission together, where they immediately get caught. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, why did we bother with this forty, forty-five minutes? However long it is, yeah. I mean, like, this out film is two hours, seven minutes. If you just cut that out, let's say it's 40 minutes tops, there's an hour and a half. Yeah. Done. Perfect. Make it an hour and 40, hour, 45 minutes, because you've got to do all the other moving parts of the revenge and stuff. Yeah. Just not have them in it. Like, they added nothing. No. So, yeah, I, I liked I liked the whole film, except... For 40 minutes that are wasted <laughs> with this pointless, like, let's appeal to the youth with something they oh, don't give a yeah. fuck about. <laughs> just give me just give me 40 minutes of snipes. I'd have been more than happy. Fill it in with him because he, he was off the chain in this one. It's he like, was brilliant in it. You know what, yeah, young people, we should really start to get young people in. Werther's original, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, young people, like, they like what they like. That's fine. You don't. There's no way of making them like this sort of thing. They'll think it's shit. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, some won't. Some, pe- some, you know, young people will actually get, you know, and do get into, like, old 80s action films, 70s films, and, you know, noir films and whatever. Great. But, like, the majority of, you know, public don't care. No. So, yeah, that's my own thing. But, yeah, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, let's yes. talk about Antonio Banderas. Right, okay. So I what said, do you think? I said at the beginning... Uh, like, I think I came up with two plus things, didn't I? And I said they're the only two plus things. There is a third, mate. He wasn't as annoying as I remember in the cinema. I, I remember being sat in the cinema and his character, oh my God, wound me up all the time with his constant jibber jabber, a really fucking annoying character, which is his character. He's supposed to be annoying. Uh, he didn't he didn't grate on me as much this time. And I enjoyed when he did kick into his little action sequence. I enjoyed that as well. Because I do like Antonio Banderas. I have done for a long, long time. It's just his character in this really wound me up. I, w- I was a lot calmer when he was on screen this time, thankfully. So, yeah, I, I've warmed to his character on a second viewing. Yeah, I felt like... Did anyone... Did even give him a script? Yeah. Or did they just, just yeah. do whatever you want, yeah. mate? Just yeah. keep to these bullet points and just, yeah, I thought it was just like, I mean, I had a nice character moment as well, which sort of like, well, he explained why, the way he was and, you know, his whole team had been killed and stuff. But yeah, I was just like, he's just, this is a ridiculous film and he's being ridiculous. And I think it would have worked even better if none of that new people, new, the young team weren't in it, you know, just him bouncing around in the background as well. Yeah. And especially um, playing against again, going back to Snipes, who's 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 that again? He's a new member of the team, uh, and just sort of winding him up, getting Antonio yeah. Banderas winding him up, and other members of the team as well would have been a lot more enjoyable. It really would have been. Uh, um, I'd on. have also liked 
we I think we talked about this way back when on 80s Picture House when we were talking about the film first time, the Mel Gibson and Sloan, the climactic fight, and it just oh, being yeah. so brief. Oh, my God, yeah. It's a fucking punch-up in a swimming pool. It's the big build-up. It's, it's, you know, it's setting all up the, you know, Mel Gibson's character, the co-founder of The Expendables with Sly, and it's, it's just like a wet fart at the end, isn't it? It's just, okay, and that was it. It's, well, there was was good, but it was over in about 90 seconds because obviously the whole plot point is like, the building's going to blow, blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, in a shit CG So that's CG just completely sequence. rushed for thing like you've been building, like they come across Mel Gibson at the start of a film. He doesn't show up halfway through anything. They've been building to this from the start of a film. Yeah. And it's just like pff, 90 second scrap I in a empty be, pool, done. Yeah, you see, I thought there'd be more because on the Blu-ray, you've got the choice of the theatrical version or the extended. So I thought, all right, obviously extended version. Never seen the extended version. Only seen it once at the cinema. And I thought, could they add more to the fight? No, no, they couldn't. Uh, In fact, I couldn't remember. Tina said to me, oh, so what bits are extra then? I've got no idea whatsoever. There was, this could have been an extra bit. I'm hoping that they cut this out of the theatrical version because there's a god-awful green screen scene with, um, I think it's with Sly and Kelsey Grammer when they're doing their travelling around a bit. I think it's with them too. I know Sly's in it and somebody else. And it, it's, oh, amateur, to say the least. It, it looks like it was made, I don't know, in the 1950s. It's terrible. Really, really bad. Uh, but I, I don't know what was extra in it whatsoever. No no idea, mate. It did look really good. I mean, the picture quality on the Blu-ray is brilliant, and it sounds brilliant. Uh, and I think that helped as well, because it was a great picture and, and great sound. So that, that helped me warm to it a bit more. Uh I do. Oh, I've got to come back to the blood, mate. Like I said, with you know, CG blood does piss me. We talked about CG blood loads of times and squibs. You know, old school eighties squibs, proper practical blood effects. Give me that. But there wasn't. There wasn't even CG blood to piss and moan about. It was. It was honestly, mate. It was as though every single person that the Expendables were fighting in this was a reanimated Egyptian mummy. Because whenever they were shot, it was a puff of grey dust came out of them. It was a puff of grey dust. If if that, a lot of the time, there was nothing. There's one, and I forget who shoots. One of the Expendables shoots a bad guy at point-blank range lots of times. And this guy just falls down with nothing on him whatsoever. This is the fucking Expendables, for God's sake. The, the film begins... When they're like they're all in the big train sequence and the train's hurtling towards this massive building, and there's the guys on the top of the train and these wires spin out across. These guys should be sliced in two. We should be seeing half of the body fly one way, half fly the other. You see nothing, nothing whatsoever. Terry Crews, who you mentioned, has the biggest fuck off gun you've ever seen, <laughs> laying waste to a load of bad guys. There, he may as well have been in a bar flicking peanuts at them for the amount of damage that he does to the guys. It's like, what? What? This this isn't harkening back to 80s action. This isn't pleasing what I presume is supposed to be your core audience of, you know, people like me. It's not doing that. And it's The Expendables 4 has been on Sly's IMDb for quite a while now, hasn't it? It's like incoming, you know, if and mm-hmm. when it happens, we don't know. Please, though, if it does, please let it be R-rated. And please, which might happen, I hope it does, 
my second please I, i'm pretty sure is never going to happen is use squibs let's have, make it really old school make one last one and make it proper old school even don't have make a story where you don't need any cg make it proper old 80s it's everything's practical effects good stunts squibs going off everywhere let's let's do that but i don't think that's going to happen so that lack of blood in this because there's a lot there is a lot of action in it like you said and there's loads of, of gunfight. There's loads of knife fighting in it. And there's nothing whatsoever as well. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. That, I think, more than anything, that really got me annoyed just as much in a second view. Maybe more. Maybe more so because I noticed it even more where they're just going bang, 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 bang. And it was like, you know, a 1930s, ow, fall down, hold your chest. Oh no! Terrible, terrible with all that, which really took the edge off the action, which at times was really over the top. I mean, there's a scene, one of the one of the new guys in it. There's the motorcycle stunt, which is so over the top, where he he goes up this ramp and he and he he goes an insane height and then he flies off the motorbike and hangs onto the side of the building, swings into the building and and you know shoots a guy who was going to shoot Sly, if I remember correctly. Uh, there's a scene with um, a motorboat that flies off the water. It's the one that Terry Crews was in with the big gun that does fuck all. Yes, yes. And it flies up, and then Jason Statham's driving a truck, um, and, and the boat flies out of the water and lands on the back of the truck, which was just ridiculous. It was like from a, it was like from a, uh, a Roger Moore Bond film almost. That scene was that was going on. Oh, actually, as well. It was that, wasn't it? Because I remember it being on the news. It was probably during that time because Jason Statham's driving the truck where he had, he almost died, didn't he? Because the truck that he was in, apparently the brakes went on it and he ended up going into the water and everybody panicked. Obviously, Jason Statham's in the truck and it's gone in the water and he nearly drowned. And from what I remember reading about it at the time, he only survived because he was, well, he was a, he was like a world-class, he was an Olympic diver, wasn't he? And he's used to holding his breath and being underwater. I remember that being on the news. Yeah. Um, so it could have been there, but yeah, it could have been so much better. But th there was, even though I enjoyed it more, probably don't think so listening to me ranting so much, okay. <laughs> even though I did, it, I did enjoy it more. And again, even though the bar was set incredibly low from that first viewing at the cinema, there's still more that still winds me up about it then makes me go yeah there's tiny tiny little nuggets of yeah that's that's okay that's really good snipes being a prime example would have loved more mel gibson um i love mel gibson i think he's, he's great um you know keep his private life to one side i love him on screen i think he's a great actor i think he's a great director a lot of screen presence i'd love to have seen more of him on screen uh but again like you said that, i mean that like 40 minutes or whatever with that bollocks with fucking Kelsey Grammer showing Sly around all these new people that you don't give a shit about. It's like, no. On top of all the other stuff that I've ranted about, it's, um, yeah. I think I, I give it, I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. If I'd got Letterboxd way back when, when I first watched it at the cinema, I'd have, I'd have probably given it a half. So there's that's a big improvement, I think. Yeah, I went 2.5 because mm. I didn't mind all of it except... A forty-minute chunk. So yeah, yeah, two and a half. Yeah, 
obviously the weakest of a lot. Oh, most definitely. And if we, 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 I don't know if we'll ever see a fourth one, but uh, yeah, you are right. You do need to go back to, I don't think they'd ever make the same mistake. No. Again, with the young, the young cast and try and aim it towards a, a market that don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not, mate. Anyway, I put it on Twitter. I said about the the two films that we're watching uh, for this episode. We did have a little bit of feedback from them. I put, obviously I put the posters up for the Expendables 3 and Sword of the Valiant, the legend of Sigawain and the Green Knight, because you do have to say the full title, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so at Yellowbug 1969, he said, not seen the Sean Connery movie, but I do have Expendables 3. Been a while since I watched it, though. We'll give it a viewing before I listen to the show. Then the very next day, he said, I watched all three Expendables yesterday. Nice one. Uh, it's really just a nostalgia fest for 80s action movie fans. They are fine if you just switch your brain off or have a few mates around for a couple of beers. Only real downside was the Antonio Banderas character in three. Just why? Really divisive character, as we said, though, isn't he, mate? It's, it's I, I, say I did warm to him a bit more, but I can see why. You know, I was pissed off with him the first time. And what did you think of the Antonio Banderas film the very the first time that you watched it? I can't remember having much of an issue with it. No, you thought it was okay. Oh, didn't I, 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 I have no recollection of finding it annoying and off-putting or anything like that. You know, just thought it was pretty silly, I guess. Yeah. And now I just feel like he's just ad-libbing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you probably get more out of his character if you look at it that way, that he's just doing whatever the fuck he wants all the way through, saying whatever he wants to. Uh, at Psalm 67, he of the last Save Loaded podcast, give it a listen. Uh, Expendables 1 was enjoyable, but 2 and 3 just a little tedious. Oh, 2, a little tedious, come on. Never watched or heard of Sword of the Valiant. Is it any good? Well, now you know. Now you know and decide from what we've said if you want to watch it. I thought I would say it was good. Yeah, I'd say it was good and worth watching. Uh, at Asia Mania Pod. The T's, the Tasmanian T's. Um, well, exactly, mate. Because it's from the T's, we have to talk like this. And he, Pat, I remember enjoying Expendables 3 on release. Because <laughs> this is how he talks. So that's how he talks. Yeah. <laughs> You'd swear it was him. Uh, but <laughs> I can't fucking do it now. But never went back for a rewatch. I can see why, Ben, why he didn't go back for a rewatch. I've been the same for six years. It's taken me six years to rewatch it. So, Ben, if you do rewatch it, send us an email. Let us know what you think. It'd be interesting to, to hear what you think on a rewatch after all of this time. Uh, and finally, at Buzz26, should there be an Expendables 4 or is Sly getting far too old for this sort of movie? Which I think is a really good question. Well, we've said, haven't we, that it looks. It looks like there could be an Expendables 4. Should there be an Expendables 4? And if there is, is Sly getting too old? I'm going to I'm gonna pass it to you first, mate. Um, I don't know if there should be, but um, it would be nice if there was another one, you know, just mm. to sort of make up for this one. Um, I think he's got one... I've, I think he's got one left in him, one big action film left in him, because he seemed to be doing a lot of stunt stuff for Samaritan from his Instagram, so... Yeah. Um, I think he's got one left in him, but it's got, you know, as long as it's done right. And I think I'd be surprised if he messed it up again. Yeah. Because it's clear that it, that didn't work and isn't as held and as fond a light as the first two. So, mm. yeah. 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 I'm the same as you as far as, yeah, should there be one? I think 
Yeah, there should be. If, you know, take the bad taste of number three out of the mouth. We've still got one and two, always, of course. But it'd be nice to end the Expendables franchise, if indeed it does end on a number four, with something a bit more palatable to the audience that it's supposed to be for. And as for him getting yeah. too old, well, he's you know, like 74 now by the time they come to make it. If they make it next year, it'd be 75. I th- I think Sly's about the only person who could get away with doing a good action film at that age. I mean, he keeps himself in shape. He's still in good shape. I'm not even going to say for 75. He's still in good shape, you know, <laughs> even no matter what age. You know, he, he's always kept fit. And more importantly than that, he's still... He's still believable in an action role, even though he's like in his mid seventies now. So I don't think he's too old for it. Like you again, I think he's still got one good ballsy action movie. I mean, the last Rambo, well, especially the last twenty minutes, was like blood and guts mania. Even though the film itself wasn't that great, yeah. I would, I would love just just one more final old school proper eighties style action movie from him which which is you know along with rocky of course it was what made his name and, and what threw him into the stratosphere as far as box office goes was his 80s action movies yeah so i don't think he's too old for it yet but i think the window for him to do one is getting so tiny now and because yeah. of what, everything that's happened this year and has stopped filming so much is, is a bit of a pisser because he would have finished samaritan ages ago and you know it's probably done us out of at least one Sly movie that we would have had in the future, which is oh, annoying to say the least. But no, yeah. So yes to an Expendables four, and no, not too old yet, but it's getting close. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you, thank you for um, the feedback from that. Like we said, if anybody listening has got anything else they want to add about either of these two films, send us an email. We'll read it out on the December show. Uh, the question then was, was it worth a rewatch for you then, mate? Yeah, it was interesting to go back to it, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Mm. I don't really see the need to, you know, like... Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm... It was it was worth a rewatch. I'm glad I did because it's... I'm not quite as toxic about it now as I was, even though I have gone off a bit on it. Um, yeah, it's a good... <laughs> Good job nobody was with me apart from Tina coming out of the cinema that day because I was not a happy person. Why don't watch it again? I think the only time I would ever watch it again is if at some point, you know, whenever the day comes and if I'm still here when Sly's no longer around and, you know, I'll more than likely do, right, let's go through every Sly film from beginning to end and, you know, do a blast through them all. I think that's about the only time that I'd, I'd watch it. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose to watch it again. So, but yeah, it was. It was. It was worth rewatching for the fact that I wasn't as angry about stuff this time. So that was all right. Uh, will the December picks fare any better for us? Well, uh, oh, we shall find out after this. It's my first time watch pick. And of course, it's the December show. So I thought, I want to pick something Christmas themed. And then I thought, shit, what, what is the Christmas themed 
that me and Tom have never seen before that if not from the 80s is 80s related and then Netflix saved me uh, because the Christmas Chronicles 2 is out later this month in November and of course we've never seen it uh, I don't even need to explain the 80s connection Kurt Russell for God's sake and we both saw the first one didn't we which was released two years ago yeah, uh, yeah. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn exactly so WAE's uh, yeah. legends exactly so, so yeah the first time watch for us both Christmas Chronicles 2 uh, and again by the time you've heard this uh, and before the next show, if you've seen it, send us an email and we'll read it out on the Christmas, yeah. Christmas show. Go on then, mate. Your re-watch My rewatch pick, pick mm-hmm. keeping with the theme of Christmassy films, is, I mean, this is a film that I thought we would have done back in the 80s picture house days, but you, you said no, and I had no recollection of it. So um, it's from November 1984, another film from 1984, and it is just been re-released on Blu-ray by the good people at 101 Films, as well as its sequel, We'll be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Unbelievable! We didn't talk about that on Eighties Picture House, mate. Especially yeah, not for a Christmas so maybe show. it's probably because it was a Christmas film and it never just it just never worked. Yeah, yeah. Like, I might talk about it in July, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I can't even remember the last time that I watched that. It's been, it's a, been a long, long time. Three or four years for me. Like I've got the sequel as well. I think I've only seen the sequel once, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a been a few years. It'd probably be quite uh, quite familiar to me. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I can remember about that one. Mm, so two Christmas films to watch, and again with that one as well. Uh, if you want to email us your thoughts on that, we'll read it out on the December. Yeah, show. if you've got the uh, the new Blu-ray from One Hundred and One Films, let us know what you think of that as well. Yeah, that'd be it's great. Very too. nice. Yeah, it would be. So uh, yeah, lots of reasons for you to email us, um, or if anything else at all. Send us an email and we'll we'll read it out and respond in the December show, which we're recording. I think it'll be week because we're closing up on the 20th of December. We'll probably record the Thursday or Friday of week two of December, if that fits in, possibly because we haven't talked about this before the show, but it'll be around about then. So get your yeah, emails to fine. us to be safe. Get your emails to us about whatever you want to talk about, any of the films we've mentioned, any of the next episode's picks, or anything else at all. Uh, I'd say by the end of week one of December, to be safe, would be good uh, for us to... uh, And if it's after then and it reaches us later, we'll read them out on the January show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can do that, of course. Go to the website, 60mw.co.uk. There's a contact us form on there. You can email us direct, which is contact at 60mw.co.uk. Everything's on the website. There's all the links to our... Twitter and Instagram. There's the very easy way that you can leave us a review. We've had quite a few reviews this year, which has been really good. We always welcome more. I keep saying the reviews really do help us to get more interview shows and a lot more besides. They even help us to get the competition prizes that we give away on our Twitter. So that's good. World Tour is is there again after ages of Google fucking me around and I couldn't update the world map. I've been able to now, so it's really easy again to get... Uh, you know, to get involved in that. Again, if you don't know what it is, go to the website, go to the World Tour page, and it's all there, self-explanatory. Uh, so, mate, until just a few weeks' time, when we record the December show, uh, and we've got two Christmassy films to watch, we'll be, by then it'll be December, we'll all be in the Christmas mood, and we'll watch two, hopefully, good Christmas films. And uh, hopefully, I won't be pressing the Grim Reaper button in that episode. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, But yeah, until then, 
we shall return in your ears very, very soon. So I shall say goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I thought I'd just say goodbye, but then I froze and I was like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Ending the show. God damn it. <laughs>